We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Today, I have a, I'm privileged to have for my guest, uh, Colton Korn from Coastal Carolina. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So, I guess let's first uh, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Awesome. Yeah. So, my name is Colton Korn. I'm the coordinator of player personnel and NFL liaison over at Coastal Carolina. Um, And and I've been here. This is going to be my fourth season here. Um, I went to the Citadel back in 2018 and uh, a brief, brief little stint. And uh, in Germany, uh, and did all that after my my playing career at Charleston Southern. So uh, thankful to be on here. Excited to talk some Coastal Carolina football. Absolutely. And the first thing the first thing I'd like to kind of just throw out there is a little bit of my. I'm a big big Sun Belt fan and supporter. But over the past seven or eight years, uh, when I first visited Myrtle Beach for the first time, my buddy, uh, my buddy was a little late to picking me up, so I, I swung over to the mall. It's over by the airport, and while I'm over there, I'm just kind of walking around, and I see this this teal shirt that really catches my eye, and I go and I go over and I look at. It, I'm like, that's the coolest color, and I, I had heard of Coastal Carolina, but I didn't know a ton about it. So I just I saw the shirt I bought the shirt and then that was kind of what started it started my fandom of uh, of coastal and just kind of grew from there. Absolutely, man! It, it's it's an eye catcher, that's for sure. Then when my buddy told me that the field was that color, I'm like, I have to see this. This is just the coolest <laughs> thing. <laughs> Unique, man. It is. It is. So you said your your uh, your your job title being NFL liaison. What does that all entail? So um, the NFL liaison part of, uh, of my job is basically I get all the background info, upbringing, um, and all that stuff from our, from our upperclassmen, from our draft-eligible guys. And I basically talk to any NFL, CFL scout that will reach out to us as well as um, your, your all-star games, your, your, your Shrine Bowl, your East-West, your NFLPA, um, your recent Senior Bowl. Um, uh, I'll be their point of contact for that kind of stuff, and I'll be able to tell them um, kind of how our guys, how they work, um, how they, you know, what what makes them click, and and what their what their upbringing's kind of been. It's a really cool role uh, because you kind of get to learn the guys a little bit more in depth. And then the uh, coordinator player personnel part is I spend a lot of my a lot of my day watching high school film and 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 trying to figure out if this guy's good enough to play for us and, and, and if he would be a good culture fit. Gotcha. That, that That's awesome. I, I feel like that's probably something that over the past uh, maybe 10 or so years that has come 
more and more important, especially at the high level of college football. No question, and uh, <laughs> there's no shortage of things I've been asked to do. Uh, I was in the eagle. I was in the eagle suit on the uh, the college game day NFL <laughs> uh, post game celebration. I uh, I'm the the Jeopardy host um, on official visits, so that there's no there's no stopping uh, what's been offered for me to do, and and uh, it's kind of a fun role to be in. That's awesome. That, that's that's cool. I, I love I love hearing stuff like that. I, I was a former basketball coach at the college level, so I understand wearing many hats in that aspect. So that that's cool. No question. Um, so you played college football. How has that been transitioning to your role now as a coach? Um, it made obviously it makes the transition a little bit easier. Um, I was never the the most athletic guy in the room or anything like that, but I was lucky enough to start. Um, 45 plus games, something like that. Um, you know, and I think it's because I had a deep understanding for the game. I had a brother that was a very highly recruited player um, who ended up becoming a coach. He actually coaches here at Coastal. And, um, you know, I think I've, I've always been around sports. So I was football, baseball, basketball growing up and um, always been enamored with it. So I think that all kind of led into uh, me becoming a coach. Um, I always thought I was going to be the next, uh, you know, Dabo Sweeney and, and all those guys. I was going to be the next great head coach. But, um, you know, I think with, with what I'm different at is I like to create those relationships with those high school kids. And, you know, I think it's fun being the guy calling the plays on, on, on Madden and NCAA when you're playing video games. But it's a different stress when you're doing it in real life. So Ain't that the um, truth. <laughs> <laughs> it's a completely different animal when you're doing it for a, for a paycheck. But... Um, you know, the role I'm in, it's, it's really what, what I think I was put on this earth to do is to uh, build relationships with those young men and, and you know, be there for them when, when, when life comes at them and, and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And I think that's something that's kind of lost in, in uh, not just collegiate sports, but all of sports, I, I think. I think just the relationship aspect is way more important than anything else we can really give. Oh, absolutely! It, it, it's extremely evident on our football team, man. We 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 developed a really really special culture here, and you can kind of see that guys aren't necessarily playing for, you know, everyone has those NFL dreams, but these guys want to win for each other, and it and it shows on when they're playing. Absolutely, and and you could kind of see that last year with the team. We'll get, we'll oh, get man. we'll get to that, but like you could just kind of see it just watching it. I mean, it was just kind of it, it it's shows a, it's a special group. <laughs> special group that's for sure you, you mentioned yeah your brother uh how how much fun is that coaching together oh man it, it's it's an absolute blast that uh that year that year we didn't coach together we were we were calling each other you know after every game and um you know discussing stuff and uh, being in the same office being able to you know walk across the hall and be in my brother's office there, there's really nothing that Nothing that can beat that. Um, we were very tight growing up, you know, playing one-on-one football in the front yard and, um, you know, throw it to yourself and all that kind of stuff. And obviously it makes it, makes it easier for dad to make it to games. He doesn't have to split time. But, um, you know, it's, it's a special thing. And um, for all the people out there that have the brothers and, and sisters and you have the opportunity to work with them, there's really nothing that can compete with that. Um, it trumps any, any paycheck, any, any other thing. Um, out there 
I believe it. That that's that just like you said from your parents' perspective. I I have two young kids, so I I can only imagine how that would be to be able to see them grow up and not only do something that they love to do, but to do it together. No question. And you know we. You know, my dad was a, uh, a college baseball player, and he, he understands the, the sports the sports world pretty well. He's always been a sports junkie as well, but, um, you know, kind of seeing us help develop and uh, grow a football program along with the rest of the staff, um, you know, that we've all known for, you know, going on double-digit years now. Um, it's, it's pretty cool, pretty cool for, uh, obviously, from his perspective and, and, and from my perspective. Right. That. Exactly. Now, here's here's something that I, I I know the answer to this, but some of the listeners probably don't. What is a Chanticleer? It is a it is a rooster. So it's from the uh, it's from Jeffy Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. Um, you are you are tested on this your your first day on campus. Um, not not actually, but um, Chanticleer is the, the the king of the the king of the coop. Um, it's the, it's the big rooster on campus. Um, it is from from the Canterbury Tales, but um, you know it's just a BA chicken, man. It's it's a it's a bad it's a bad dude. He's got the the coxcomb hanging out, slick back, um, sunglasses, and um, you know probably riding a motorcycle. <laughs> I, I I was wearing a coastal shirt the other night, uh, Thursday night when I was watching the game, and my son looks at me and he's like, "What's that?" <laughs> I'm like, don't, I'm don't like, worry about it. You'll learn one day. I'm like, it's a rooster, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. I'm like, that's. We'll just leave it at that. He's three, so he'll learn. <laughs> yeah, it's a rooster. All right, then we go check that box. Right, right. <laughs> that. I I just think it's really interesting how that whole thing came about with the mascot and everything. I just think it's just because it's so different and not something that you that you hear every day. Obviously. Dude, we're, we're we're teal we're teal chanticleers. Um, not not too many people can can touch our colors and and touch uh touch our mascots. So right, uh, we're def- we're definitely unique. Absolutely. You you kind of talked about the tw- uh, the twenty twenty season a little bit. How how crazy was that from from obviously the winning perspective, but also just with all the COVID issues and it just had to be a whirlwind, honestly. Oh man. Where to, where to start with the uh, the 2020 season? Um, it's something that you know you can you can never replicate. Uh, they'll never be replicated ever again. Obviously, you know this football program is going to have a lot of success. Uh, you know this season going forward, but um, just how special uh, 2020 is, I'll never be able to really put it into words. Um, obviously, COVID was was insane, but um, it kind of showed you uh, who you had in your locker room. You know those guys those those upperclassmen really, really sacrificed. I mean, it's easy to say when you're a um, 30, 40, 50 year old, just, Hey, just don't go out on the weekends and, um, you know, stay in. Or if you're, if you're going to get food, get it delivered and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But when you're a 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year old, I mean, that's, that is not an easy thing to do. And just to see the sacrifice that those guys put in and, and the rest of the staff and everybody from student assistants to, um, you know the head coach and going home to your families and stuff like that and making sure they're doing right i mean it's just it was special and we, and we made it through a, a regular season completely un, untouched by it for the most part i mean we had some some solo uh, incidents but nothing nothing major until 
you know, obviously the conference championship. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it, it was just special, man. I mean, it, it's it, it's really hard to put into words what 2020 means to not just, you know, kind of your career, but kind of your life of um, – you can you really can achieve things that not not anybody expects you to achieve um you know no one we're we're picked to finish last and we end up on college game day we end up um having an undefeated regular season um having the first conference championship in school uh history at the the fbs level and and going to our first bowl game um you know obviously that that didn't finish up great but man um i actually missed the the bowl game because i had covid for that so i'm still looking for my first uh my first bowl game but um it was just an unbelievable experience um from all the media attention everything um people got to see into our locker room which is stuff that we've been doing since i was a player since since my brother was a player and you know the world kind of got a glimpse of it um i think it was what the world needed um, absolutely I think it was what college football fans needed and and, and all that stuff Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And, I, and that leads into the next question I was going to ask. But but f- for people who don't know, obviously, your sc- Coastal is in Conway, South Carolina, which is just a stone's throw away from Myrtle Beach. And for what you what you said about how kids, the guys staying in, doing what they're supposed to do, I mean, that's not easy to do in Myrtle Beach, that's for sure. No, not at all. So uh, leading into the, to the next question I had, like how fun – was it being the quote-unquote America's team last year? In my opinion, you guys still are, but just everybody kind of rallied around you guys. Oh, it was it was cool, man. Because um, you know, not a lot of people are looking at the the, the G five teams, and I'm sure there's some some unbelievable stories out there. There's um, a good amount of teams that had G five teams that had some success last year, and you're, you're starting to see more of it this year. But um, people kind of got to really take a glimpse into, into uh, a coach Chadwell program you got mullets you got um celebrations you got um you know Teddy and Silas uh, <laughs> talking to Pat McAfee on, on Twitter and right. um, the Marty McGee show just just showing us love and, and you know it's opened up opportunities for these guys with NIL and stuff right. like that you know you're you're you're, a, you're having a uh, a podcast with the the coordinator of player personnel right now you know and um stuff like that just just kind of open came open because we were we were America's team, but we've always kind of been that that fun group of guys that um, we we just always been ourselves um, on staff and, and our players have always been comfortable with just being who they are and um, it's a special environment, man. Um, it's something that you can only kind of understand if uh, you know obviously the people that, that follow very closely see it, but um, you know you come out to a practice and these guys are giving each other's hugs and. Uh, and joking around, and you know, it's just a, it's a really cool college atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And and I know that's not normal. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 not normal, and it's not normal to have a a coach that's so okay with, um, you know, you're having having your own identity. Obviously, Nick Saban's one of the greatest coaches of all time, but he has a different philosophy of of him uh, of, of how you you handle yourself and. You know, the Yankees don't let you have facial hair, and, you know, the list goes on and on and on throughout sports. And, you know, we got guys with bleach mullets. We got guys, <laughs> um, you know, 20 guys with camp mustaches this year. It's just, it's a it's a fun environment, man. That's awesome. Well, the the next the next thing I got for you, how, how did, uh, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I think it was, you guys had two days notice for BYU. 
Yeah, so we, we basically found out um, late Wednesday, early Thursday kind of thing. Um, I think they found out a little bit earlier than us. They, they kind of got whiff of it a little bit before us. Um, obviously, no, I'm not. I do I do some of the advanced reports where I just take a deeper look. Me and mm-hmm. me and Greg Liverpool, we um, he's a student. He's going to work in the NFL one day. He's brilliant. Um, there's my plug for Greg. But um, you know, it, it's just one of those things where um, they didn't have a ton of time. We didn't have a ton of time. So you kind of got to run your your basic stuff and hope you know what you do is good enough to beat what what they do. And mm-hmm. um, you know, even for me, just trying to. Hey, coach. This is what this guy does good. This is what this guy struggles with. Um, you know, there's some there's some late nights. Right, um, right. I know, I know the, the the coordinators and and the position coach and Coach Chadwell. Those were those are nights going into ten, eleven o'clock at night and early morning practices and walkthroughs and and all that kind of stuff. But you know, how, would you want it any other way um, with the season that we are having? You know, what? Why why wouldn't you take that opportunity? Because um, if you beat that dude, Zach, Zach Wilson, he was a he was a special football yeah, he's, player. They, he's had a, special. they got a lot of special football players on that team. Yep. Um, you know, you, you got to take that opportunity, um, especially if if we're going to kind of be known for what we are. We're, we're the fun team. We're the ones that uh, never back down from that kind of stuff. We're, we're the we're the the little guys with the chip on the shoulder kind of thing. Right, right, and and I I personally think that was the game of the year. I mean that that game was so much fun to watch and. Just two really, really good football teams going at it, honestly. Absolutely. And, you know, again, I, I, I keep repeating it, but it's kind of what what America needed. Um, it, was a, it was a breath of fresh air just to see dudes out there having fun and competing and, and giving their all. And, you know, it's it's football. It's not, not a political statement. It's not, it's not uh, anything. It's just going out there and, and, and having fun and doing it with the people you love and that kind of stuff. So it was, it was a really, really special, special night, I think, for, for college football in general, but especially for us. 100%. And you and you mentioned earlier about college game day being there for that. That just, just having that opportunity for a school like Coastal just has to just be just a next level, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we already, we already got it postered up on our walls and uh, we got a graphic in our main hallway of it. And, um, you know, it was actually kind of funny. Me, my brother, uh, Tony Washington, Tyler Keene, Adrian Bernori, and Cody Ledutko, a couple of our GAs, uh, we always play spike ball on the field. Um, we're at the hotel the morning of game day, um, morning of our games, and we're out there at 6 a.m. on the game field. And, you know, we're just playing spike ball and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, College game day's uh, set set director comes down there and kicks us off. It's like, what? Are you kidding me? What's what? What's going on? This is our field, right? It's like, dude, this, this is college game day, bud. Right. <laughs> Head on out. All right. right. So, that's, uh, they, that's they took amazing. over for sure. That's cool. It, it's too bad that there were well, you weren't able to have more people, but hopefully down the road it, it can happen again. No, but hey, they'll, they'll be back. They had a good Absolutely. time for sure. That's awesome. So. Obviously, uh, last year you had two two studs, all Sun Belt players, and run. I mean, you had mul- obviously multiple ones, but you lose two in running back CJ Marble, and then the Sun Belt Defensive Player of the Year, uh, defensive end Teron Jackson. Those leave holes, but and I know you, you kind of dealt with that with the NFL aspect that you, for your role. But what's kind of the mindset with that, and how was that on your end to kind of prepare for all that? 
Well, we knew, you know, you, you hope you're losing players to the NFL every year. Um, and, you know, those two guys are, are so special to the program and, and what they're able to accomplish. And, you know, those are two guys that you can look at that really changed, uh, changed the culture here and changed um, how Coastal is viewed. And um, obviously those guys are always going to be remembered for what they did at Coastal Carolina University. But um, you always got to be ready and have a plan because you never know uh, one of those guys can go down. And we actually had two good backs last year and we had some, some really good young guys. And, um, you know, I think you'll begin to see that we have a shot to be potentially even better at running back. You know, it's hard to replace a guy like CJ Marable, but um, hopefully some of these guys start to come into their own and, you know, it's not going to be one guy trying to replace CJ. You just you can't do that. And, and same goes for Teron. One person's mm-hmm. not going to be able to just pick up the slack of um, your career and single season sack record holder. But um, you, you hope you've developed enough guys where uh, maybe one person isn't able to fill in for, you know, 10 plus sacks a season. But, um, you know, the CJ Brewers and the, and the Jeff Gunners and, um, and some of these younger guys can step in and, now you start building in that next guy, that that the next Teron Jackson, that right. next CJ Marable. So uh, we're, we're very confident in what we've done recruiting the last couple of years. We, we've rose up the rankings, and um, you know whatever those rankings mean, we, we've started to get a little bit more respect in those. So um, so we feel good about where we're at. Obviously, you know if Teron Jackson uh, wants to come back and play another season, if CJ Marable wants to come back and play another season, that'd be awesome. But <laughs> Right. It just don't work like that sometimes. Right. It, nobody can blame him for striking no the ball hot, that's for sure. So so that kind of leads into the to the next uh next question I got. When it, some of the guys in the current roster, obviously there's multiple guys that have the talent to be able to play on Sunday. Uh who are some of those guys that uh come to mind? Absolutely. We got uh so so the the guys that get um, all the publicity is Isaiah Likely, our tight end. He's mm-hmm. he's, he's a top tight end in the country, um, not just G five. I mean, beast. He's, he's a beast. He is a, he's a dude. <laughs> he, he's a different animal. He he caught a pass and, and turned up field and hurdled a six one safety. Yeah, this past, that, was, uh, Thursday. that was awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, he he's got some special stuff to him, and he played on a broken foot all last year and was still one of the highest rated um, tight ends in the nation. So uh, he's obviously a special one. Jeff Gunner. Um, is our, our bandit, our stand-up defensive end. Um, he was number eight on the 101 freaks of college football list. Um, a guy who's 6'4", 265, has a 39-inch vertical, Ooh. 10-2 broad jump. I mean, he's a he's a freak of nature, um, and he's still he's still getting better and better every day. He's he's uh, still learning the position and all that kind of stuff. He's, he's his ceiling's unbelievable. And then you got a, a bunch of guys after that. C.J. Brewer, defensive tackle, was an All-American last year. You got Javon Hiley and, and Cam Brown at receiver. Um, you know, Javon had almost a thousand yards last year, and I don't know. I think Coach Chadwell's only had one other thousand-yard receiver in his his time. And then um, Cam Brown's a seventh-year senior, um, not a receiver, but a big body, great hands. Um, and then you start to look around. You got Silas Kelly and Teddy Gallagher at linebacker. And Shamari Jones at running back, and Alex Spillum at safety, and then we got we got some corners that are that are special. Jordan Strong mm-hmm. um, is uh, he finished up with five picks last year, so he was um, I believe top 
three in interceptions last season, if I'm not mistaken, and top three or top five, something like that, um, in, in total interceptions. So he's he's a dude that's on everybody's watch list. So um, it, it's it's funny we have so many seniors um, and upperclassmen that it's like now which one of these guys is going to have the shot and all that kind of stuff, but. Hopefully we can continue to handle business. We've already had 40 scouts come through, um, um, and that's not normal at a, right. at a G5 program. Yeah. Having 40, yeah. you know, there's only 32 NFL teams and 40 scouts have came through. So um, these guys are going to get their shot if they continue to play the way they do. Absolutely, and and like you said, like at, at that level, at the group of five level, like you said, that's just that's not normal and. Just the level, the level of players that you guys have now. You, I mean, the list that you just, the guys you just listed. I mean, that's a that's a very very good list for no, no matter what level. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And you know, it, the, the funny thing is, you know, you, you look around and Isaiah Likely was very lowly recruited. Jeff Gunner, I mean, was I believe was a two star. Um, Grayson McCall, our quarterback, was a two star. Um, Shamari Jones, our running back, was between us and one other. Uh, Division one, I mean, uh, yeah, one other FBS football team. Um, the Jordan Strong was a, uh, I believe, a two-star coming out of high school out of Mississippi, and um, you know, Alex Spillum had no other FBS offers. Our safety, and um, it's a bunch of guys like that. That again, I think, I think a special thing happens when you're you're playing for a bigger purpose and you, you buy in and and. and um, you know, you take the weight room serious because you love the dudes you're doing it for and that kind of thing. So um, it, we, we've developed some NFL talent. Those guys have earned it. and You know, a lot of them are going to get a shot. Absolutely. You took the words right out of my mouth with saying that. It's just when, when you're when you're playing for something more than just yourself, it, it, you raise to a whole nother level. And that's what's happened with you guys. I mean, it's very it's very obvious when you watch it. And it, it's really Absolutely. cool. So I, I, something cool coming up, obviously this week, you're preparing for Kansas and it's the first power five program to come to coastal. Um, what, what should, what should we expect as fans watching that game? Oh man. Um, obviously it's been a, this is going to be a third game of the series. We were supposed to host them last year, but, uh, big 12 decided to have no, no away games, um, mm-hmm. out of conference away games. So, uh, we get to host them this year and, uh, we're gonna have a whiteout. We're gonna we're gonna wear all white at home for maybe the first time ever. Um, it's just gonna be a lot of energy. Um, you know, you don't want to make any opponent feel feel any different. Or um, this team's better than them, and we gotta you know practice this way or prepare this way. But um, it is it is a special thing. Um, I know it's becoming a little bit more common to have those P five schools come in, um, but this is obviously the first time, like you said, for us and. Um, it's going to be a cool experience, man. They, they, they got a great culture they're building. Um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people see their, their records in years past and say, oh, it's, it's Kansas, but they brought in a great coach and Absolutely. Um, they have some, they have some really talented dudes on their roster. Um, you know, they're, they're one of those teams where, uh, they, they barely beat South Dakota. Well, you know, they're, they're, they're putting their culture together as we speak. So they're not going to be the same team from week one to week two to week three to, to the end of the season. So, um, and we know that we, we, we went through that, that kind of period here too. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Hopefully, hopefully a record setting crowd. And, um, 
you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see. You know, obviously the, the football part will take care of itself, but I think uh, it's going to be a really, really special crowd. They they were great last week um, on a Thursday night. It's the biggest student section we've ever had in school history, and hopefully we can continue to build on that. Awesome. That, that That's that's cool to hear. And, and I, I'm a fan of uh, Coach Leopold coming from the D3 level. Where I where I coached at from a basketball perspective, so I I've followed his career and uh, and I agree with you. I mean, like you said, they're going to be a different team every single week as they grow and grow and grow as a program. Absolutely. You you look at the attitude that Buffalo team played with last season, and mm-hmm. um, obviously it stems from him. But um, they had some really really talented football players on that team, but they also played played pissed off. Um, yep. They played physical and. Um, you know, as they as, as he starts to rub off him and his staff starts to rub off my team, they're gonna they're gonna start to look a little bit different. Everybody can laugh, and um, you know, people are laughing at us when we were winning three games a year, and then you know, you snap your fingers, and all of a sudden, um, you win eleven games. So uh, there's no telling. It, it, it takes one 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 group of, uh, of freshmen, one group of seniors, one group of yep. uh, one team to to kind of change the whole trajectory of a program. So. Absolutely. And, and it's like you said, it all boils down to that culture. Absolutely. Uh, one cool story I saw leading up to this, this coming game is uh, you guys center Trey Carter going to make his 50th career start on Friday. You, yeah. you said that you, you played in 45 or so. So, I mean, I mean, 50, that's pretty amazing. How impressive is that? Uh, it's unbelievable because I'm I'm still feeling some of some of my hits that I took in in college. Um, I was a slot receiver that did not play near as many snaps as Trey Carter has played over his career. Um, I can remember back to Trey Carter's true freshman season back in uh, in 2017, where he was um, you know our center against Arkansas. We we lose by um, I think it was one point to Arkansas. We were a three two three win team that year and. Um, Trey Carter's out there manhandling SEC defense alignment. And, you know, he, he's a 6'1", just nasty, nasty kid from Alabama. Um, he's what that dude who, you know, the, the proverbial uh, chip on the shoulder. But you see it with him every single thing he does. In the weight room, he's he's covered in chalk. He's got chalk all over his face. And he's screaming. He's getting everybody amped up. And um, the dude's just ready to go at any moment. Um, and again, another guy that if, if you see Trey Carter, you're going to see other guys on our football team. Cause, um, that, that's kind of how he rolls, man. He, he's, he's a, he's just a, a good dude. Um, you know, kind of that, that, that hunter, hunter fisherman, you know, with the redneck mentality kind of thing, but, but also, um, you know, he's hanging with everybody else on the team and, and, and getting after it. So I can't say enough good things about Trey Carter. Trey Carter was here when, when things weren't good and, you know, everybody was transferring out of here and, you know, the ship's going down, Trey Carter's, he, he's not jumping off the ship, he's bailing water. So, um, he, he's, he's freaking awesome, man. And, That's and awesome. He's been our, our starting guard the last two seasons. This is going to be a second season starting at, uh, at guard, but, um, you know, he's, he's a member of that, that group of offensive line that went against dudes that were three, four, five inches taller than them on, on BYU and, you know, and handled their own. So, mm-hmm. uh, Trey Carter needs a statue of him. He, he's going to be the group of 10 dudes on this team that, that need a statue somewhere in this facility. That's awesome. I, when I saw that, that, that stat, I was like, wow, that that's amazing. And just... <laughs> it's, it's, 
it's ridiculous. You know, I, I only played, um, I was only a part of, uh, we went 35 and, and 14, so 49 football games total. Um, and I had some injuries that helped me out some games and, um, and some other miscellaneous stuff. But um, Trey Carter started 50 games. I think he missed his very first game his freshman year or something like that and has started every game since then. Um, yeah, he, th- that's what he is. He's, he's Iron Man. He's, he's, it's, it's ridiculous. That, Anyone's played in a football game and they know how they feel after one football game, uh, you start piling on 10, 20, 30, 40. Right, um, right. <laughs> you know, those, those hits at 50 don't, don't heal as quick. But right. He's still, he's still out there, man. So he, he's a special one. Right. And the, the last couple of questions I'm going to have are the basis of my podcast, as I told you and our, my listeners know, is I'm looking to attend a home game at all 130 FBS stadiums. I've been to Brooks uh, for a spring game and I've been there for just to like walk around and see it. But I've yep. never, I've never actually witnessed a game there. So uh, what, what sticks, what, what sticks out in your mind about the stadium I mean, the turf, of course, sticks out, obviously, but but I, I love the stadium. I think it's perfect for for you guys and your size. But I, I just love the I just love the feel of the stadium too. Absolutely, um, you know, like you like you alluded to, the the, the teal turf is is special. Um, nobody in the country has teal turf. Obviously, there's other colored turfs and and whatnot, but. Uh, the teal turf was on Lee Corso's uh, home set on College Game Day in 2020. <laughs> so, um, you know, so it, it's got its place in the, the Hall of Fame. But um, I don't know. Um, Brooks Stadium is, is really a, a cool venue because I think it's just you, you look over the backdrop and, and there's the baseball the baseball stadium, which is one of the tops in the country. And, um, you know, you, you look across the street and there's a, there's a cemetery on the other side and um, – you know, then there's a fountain on one side. Um, it's just kind of cool. The stadium's right on top of you. Um, there's no track, obviously, so it's sitting right on top of you. And and we we get the student section going, man. They're 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 going they're going reckless out there. Um, we got a really really fun student body, a really great student section, and um, I, I just think it's a it's a, a cool college environment. Um, you know, we're not necessarily ad- adhering to the the, the white collar society of, of college football, you know, you're not, you're not getting champagne at, at coastal Carolina football games by any means. Um, but you know, you're going to come in and, um, there's no bad seats in the stadium. There's, uh, it's usually pretty good weather, no matter what time of year. Um, you know, it, it, it it's hard to explain. I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a cool college football atmosphere from the, the tailgating to the, um, the, the student, uh, lead parties going on right outside of the stadium. Um, there's just there's kind of something for everybody, um, and it's continuing to grow. We're um, I know you know the big building on one side of the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I, I don't know if you saw, but uh, Coach Mowgli made a big donation, and yes, uh, we're actually gonna that. we're gonna double up that that building, so it's gonna go on the other side, and then we're building an indoor as well. Um, so we're moving that road further away uh, from the stadium, and also building a new. Uh, soccer uh, facilities so um it, it's going to continue to grow and uh, we don't need to add too many more more seats obviously everybody's trying to get into these arms races and with conference realignment and, and all that stuff but you know a twenty one thousand seat stadium's good it's uh, 
It's you know, perfect. Have, it's perfect. When we played BYU, you would have thought it was a freaking sellout the way it was. It looked filled, and it was probably ten thousand people. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, wait, excuse me, quote unquote, five thousand people. <laughs> uh, five thousand tickets were sold for that game, but um, you know, it's just one of those things. So it was. It, it, it's just a cool environment. I think it's a cool um, G five college football environment that. Um, you know, you don't get when you go to those those mega stadiums. You don't get the the feel. It's like you're a part of the game. Absolutely, uh, as much. Absolutely. I, I grew up in Michigan, in Flint, Michigan, and I've been a Michigan fan my whole life growing up there. And I've been to many, many games at the Big House, and you do not get that feel at the Big House. I will, I will say that. Man, you're a Michigan fan. If I would have known you were a Michigan fan, I, I don't know if I would have came on. My whole family's from Columbus, Ohio, so um, I think we're gonna end this uh, podcast here. And, and we're, I'm just messing with you. Oh, that's that's funny though. <laughs> so. You've played at you obviously played and you've coached in some great venues. What which ones stick out in your mind? Oh man, so I I played and coached at Alabama back on that that 2018 Alabama team that had three quarterbacks go to the mm-hmm. league and they're starting in the NFL right now and, and three running backs and a Heisman and three I think three receivers too all all playing in the league and countless other dudes. Um, in 2018, uh, we played them. 10-10 at halftime with the Citadel, and it was, uh, we, we had the college football world kind of sitting still for a little bit. But, um, you know, th- those stadiums are cool. Uh, playing at Alabama was cool. Playing at Georgia was cool. Um, you know, and, you know, I think we got some really cool confer- uh, stadiums in our conference in the, in the Sun Belt, um, some really, really, really cool environments. But um, just a, a quick story, back in 2013, my freshman year, um, that's when the landslides happened out in Colorado. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we actually uh, they lost one of their opening games, so they rescheduled it, and it just happened to fall on our bye week. So instead of having a bye week that season, we played thirteen straight games. And, and back in twenty thirteen, oh, that was Coach Shadwell's first year at Charleston Southern. Um, we were, I believe, it was we were, we we went up to App State and won at Charleston Southern. Uh, we beat them at their place. Um, and I believe we were. I don't know what our record was going into uh, Colorado. We were maybe six and zero or something like that, and lost to Colorado. But we had no bye week that season, so we get to the end of the season, the last two games, and we're sitting at ten and one. Need to win one game to clinch the conference, and we're just all dead. We oh, we, we lost the last two games, but um, so we we had zero bye week that season. But I say all that to say um, I absolutely love Colorado's football stadium. Um, out in Boulder, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I, I think there's nothing that really looks like that um, visually. That's um, just a, a really, really cool place. My uh, my wife's my father-in-law, my wife's dad lives in Denver, so we've we've been out to Boulder before, and we climb the flat irons out there, looking over the oh, yeah. stadium. And I mean, like you said, there's nothing else like that. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's like, what was the red clay, like, shingle type thing? Yes, and, yep, yep. Uh, you got the mountain staring down at you. I, I mean, that place is, you know, that, that's a, a really, really cool, cool environment. Um, and you're kind of going up a hill to get to the stadium, then it's down in the, in the, in the, in the, in the bowl, and then you got Ralphie running out. Yep. Uh, I, that was my, uh, my first college touchdown, actually, was against... Uh, Colorado at Colorado, so that's always going to uh, stick out to me a little bit more. That's really cool, and <laughs> to not have a bye week is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, you know, at, at first it sounded like a good idea. We got a really good it, – it built uh, turf and lights at Charleston Southern, so um, <laughs> that's the good part of it. The bad right. part was we were all dead by week uh, 12 and 13. Right, right. And the last question I have for you, you, you don't have to tell me. I'm a huge, huge fan of Coastal, but why Coastal for fans? Man, I, I think I, I've kind of hinted on it kind of the whole time. Um you know, in recruiting, you're going to sell the beach. You're going to sell that, you know, the entertainment in Myrtle Beach. There's literally something to do every day of the week, whether it's concert, live music, uh, good food, the beach, um, uh, you know, volleyball, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, the weather's great year-round for the most part. But, um, you know, what I think makes Coastal Carolina special, and I think – uh, right now in this, in this time period, Coach Chadwell makes it a really fun place to be at. You know, I'm, I've grown a relationship with the golf coach, the, the women's basketball coach, the, you know, the assistant baseball coaches. Like, you know, it's kind of a, a tight knit group. Um, you know, we're not, we're not going out and eating or anything, but, uh, you know, I talked to the, the golf coach today while we're working out and we were talking about, hey, can I bring a golf recruit by, um, you know, your walkthrough tomorrow? Um, you know, it's just kind of everybody wants to be involved with each other. And uh, when one sport's doing good, it's kind of cool to see them all kind of raise uh, raise that level. Obviously, starting with baseball back in mm-hmm. um, 2016, win that national championship. But um, it's just a, a place where you can kind of be yourself. You get a real a real college environment. Um, you get a real college situation. Um, you know, I think you can you can do about anything you want at Coastal Carolina. We got a a big time business program that's got the same accreditation as all those Ivy league schools. And, um, you know, we got a Marine biology program, you know, it's just, um, I think you, you kind of do whatever you want here. Obviously there, there's, there's people that'll, you know, you don't go to coastal Carolina to be, a um, uh, an academic or anything like that. But, um, I think the experience you have here, not just football, um, will, will serve you pretty well in life, but, uh, Football-wise, I think it's a, a culture that's going to be maintained uh, no matter who the head coach is. Um, you know, Coach Chadwell has done an unbelievable job of setting the president, and, and, and really, um, over time, you know, Dave Bennett and, and Joe Moglia, but Coach Chadwell is only the third coach in school history um, for the football program. And uh, the culture that he's been able to build and, and, and kind of cultivate and um, and the guys we have in this program, it, there's really nothing, nothing stopping it from going – you know, the next year, the next year, the next five years, next 10 years. Um, it's just a place where you can, you can be yourself. You don't have to worry about, uh, you drop a pass on Saturday. You're not, you're not getting DMs from, uh, Johnny know it all and saying, wow, you're, you're an idiot. How are you dropping passes? Cause you know, it, it, it's not, it's not the, the elites of the P5s. Um, you know, you're, you're not getting hate mail or anything like that. You can, you can have fun and actually enjoy the game. I think that gets lost on a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, that this is a college college sport. It's it's. I mean, it's one. It's football, but two. It's college football. And it's supposed to be the greatest experience of your life. And um, when you're able to kind of just relax and and really, really, really enjoy it, um, we got guys that you know aren't playing as much as they'd like to. But I'd like to think the majority of them are really just enjoying what they're doing. You know, we didn't have a ton of guys transfer after last year and. A lot of places did because, you know, those those seniors returned for a second senior year. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of guys got got out and wanted to go take take opportunities, but you didn't see that, that turnover as much this year. So 
um, it's just a place you can you can be you. You can enjoy football. You can have fun and um, really enjoy life. And I think uh, that's been that's starting to get missed on a little bit um, in this process. Everybody's looking for the next thing, the, the NFL carrot, the, the NIL deals, the the whatever. But um, you know, I, I was a guy that just just had fun. And, um, it was the Coach Chadwell way. It's the uh, Coach Corn and Coach Isaac are our coordinators' way. Uh, Coach Stag's way. It's just kind of how they how it's been built and how it should be. I think so. That's that's why coastal. Right. Well, I love it. I love it. And I guess we'll we'll end it there. And I, I again thank you so much for jumping on the show today or tonight. And good luck uh, Friday. We'll I'll be cheering Absolutely, for you. Man. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on and give me the chance to. To talk what I'm passionate about, man, because it's a it's a really freaking cool place and it's a really cool group of dudes and and hopefully the the the, the country can continue to learn about Coastal Carolina and the dudes we have on our football team because um, it really is a, a special group. Every college will say that, but I, I I believe it's a little bit different here. So absolutely, and again, thanks to all the listeners for for tuning in and have a good night. God bless everyone. See you, brother.